0: hello hello can you hear me so far i can all right cool 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 we're killing it doing better than last time (laughs) doing a lot better than last time got that you got that farm internet
1: i do i'm also recording in a different i got as close as i could to my router i'm almost holding my router in my lap really (laughs) um thinking maybe maybe that'll help you know it um, says I'm getting
0: I'm getting a strong signal, so that's good. That is that's man, that is good, good, good sign for us to be able to do this. Um, are we are we just doing it? Are we in it right now? I think we're just in it. You know, we, we just got to we just got to crank it out. It's a Saturday yep. afternoon. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie, my motivation is low. Um, I already have to pee a little bit. Uh, oh, good. So you know, we'll just see how this goes. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I, uh, I think we just need to get something out there. So. Yeah, the fans, they're clamoring. Mm-hmm. I can hear them. I can hear them already. Yep. Do you have a check-in question? Man, I really don't. Um, I do. Okay. All okay, right, perfect. Seeing if maybe you did. Max, what is the quintessential taste of summer? Oh,
1: man. Um, I think, for me, personally, it's it's sweet corn. But that's just my personal. I feel like it's the best corn. Any other time of year is not as great or even comparable to like when corn is actually uh, in season. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. say sweet corn. And I have some fond fond memories of going to Kentucky, and uh, well, we picked and shucked a lot of corn as well. But eating mm-hmm. the best the best creamed corn in the world
0: um, is that so your preferred my- uh, your preferred corn vector is cream corn. Um. Yeah, I think I'd say so. I. I mean, I don't. You'd rather I eat really cream like... corn than corn on the
1: cob. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I think I would. I think huh. I do
0: actually like it more. Cut. I like just. Well, I, like I was gonna say we have the same answer, except because mine is also corn, but mine is corn on the cob with too much butter. So you like working for your corn, huh? You want to put the work in. Yeah, I want to put the work in. i to get a little messy. I like to, you know, eat uh eat the corn in various patterns. You can make like the mm-hmm. barber. The barber thing with the the spiral you can um, okay. you can eat it like a rabbit you can um, do the typewriter you, can do, the you type can do the typewriter, the typewriter. you know <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of always, different fun ones yeah you sound like you're really fun to eat corn with <laughs> i am i am i am well i i tend to modulate my approach based on whether i'm inside or outside outside okay. like a picnic i'm gonna eat corn like a like a gross like guy a, like the cookie monster. You just smash <laughs> yeah,
1: that right into your mouth.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm a little bit more demure uh, when I'm mm. inside. I got to ask. I can't help but think that the, uh, that your mustache would make it difficult. Does your mustache make <laughs> eating corn on the cob a worse affair? Well, two things. One, I haven't had corn on the cob in a long time. Uh, and two, I don't have a mustache right now. Oh, you're going Sam's mustache. Last weekend, I shaved everything off, so I just got wow. my weekly even growth right now. This is this is summer, Sam. I, that is kind of why I got <laughs> rid of it. It was really hot last weekend, and my mustache yeah. was pissing me off, making my lip all hot, so I shaved yep. it all off and felt That'll fresh and cool. Nice, man. Sticking it to the mustache. Good for you. I mean, I'm going to grow Remind it back. You, uh, tomorrow I mean, when I shave, some, I'm going to start reshaping it, I think. Oh OK, so it was a short it was a short lived experiment, but it well, was just her partially, the mustache. <laughs> partially I'm trying out different facial hair configurations for my wedding. Like I got to make okay. a determination like what am I what am I going to rock basically a year from now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've got a lot of options on the table. I look good lots of different ways. So I got to decide <laughs> yeah, exactly. which way I look best. Uh, have you just, have you taken to doing any polls yet? What you should probably
1: do is go ahead and start making taking pictures and offering it up to the people and letting them vote what they
0: think the, well, you look the best like. Max, I'm. Hmm, I can tell you're not currently in a relationship because there is only one opinion that matters. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now. It's not a poll of the people. Yeah, <laughs> it's a poll of the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's probably smart. Yeah. All right. Well, you got any uh, you got any mini topics this week? What's going on before we talk about what's going on at the farm? Not really, man. I'm just I'm just gonna say this. I mean, all we do is talk about weather on this podcast because yeah. it's an important part of well, my job. I love, job the, and I love you, the weather. Love Let's the weather. chat about the weather. Like we're a couple, well, couple no. of farmers. <laughs> just talking about the weather.
1: No, I was just gonna say that I think today and this whole week, but today was really um, a good uh, a good for better words baptism of what it's gonna be like to farm in the south. Yeah. And by that I mean I woke up at six AM to let the chickens out and the second that I broke through the, the sliding door to go outside, I was instantly wet and just sweating. And it was it was six AM. The sun had barely crested the treetops and I was already sweating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I kinda just like looked at the sky and said, like, all right, this is <laughs> this, this is
0: what this we're, is doing, what we're today. doing
1: today. <laughs> yeah. Today we are today we are gross all day. Yeah. And um, and and we'll talk more about it but today was a farmer's market day so like i really got to get steeped in the grossness but the humidity is here and um as people told me many times at the market today because they all know that i'm from up north that you know this is get used to it this is what it's gonna be like it's gonna get worse too is the other thing i was reminded multiple times um so that was
0: nice that was fun (laughs) yeah i um as a fellow uh southern uh uh inhabitant I am very familiar with what it's like to live in a swamp, and we had a a moment last week where the real temperature was 94 degrees, but it was also, I think, 78% humidity, which I don't know how the math works out, but the calculation was made it felt like 125. Yeah, I don't think I trust that. I don't I either, trust that. but it was
1: terrible. That's like... Uh... For context, today was 86% humidity. Right now, it's 91, feels like 103. Um, but here in the studio, um, it's <laughs> the studio? you know a, a you, nice, you
0: suddenly um, have a studio now. Well, if you think about like a studio apartment, that's pretty much what my place is. <laughs> oh, I thought it meant, you know, your podcast studio. I guess you. No, uh, I, I figured you've been taking your earnings uh, from this podcast and you built yourself a, a studio. Sure, would think that I'd get better internet if I was going to do that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should, you should reprioritize how you're deploying those resources. It's all on soundproof panels, baby. This <laughs> this thing is soundproofed, you
1: know, so well. But boy, is it tough to get a good download speed. But um, so yeah, that's that's my main mini topic. I haven't, uh, I really haven't been up to anything too new. Uh, you know what I will say? I spent quite a bit of time, uh, I guess, yesterday watching the French Open. Uh, nice. i gave myself it was it was hot yesterday so i gave myself uh, did, a, a did
0: break. nadal win it and Nadal always wins it
1: nope nadal lost to djokovic in the semis so nadal versus djokovic was a semi has nadal ever up.
0: lost the french open
1: yes but his record going into yesterday was 105 and two in the french open wow he has lost two times and um and now he's 105 and three it was a pretty mm-hmm. insane match um was not what anyone expected it was funny there was a little bit of um so it's being obviously held in France, and they've been having curfews and everything, and at 11 p.m. Paris time is usually when the curfew comes, it goes into effect. And during the quarterfinals, Djokovic was in a match where in between games, they made Djokovic and the person he was playing against go to their locker rooms, and they cleared out all the fans. And wow. the fans booed and were furious and mad and yesterday's match started late because the the other semi went long to five sets, so they didn't get on the court until later than they thought and they're like, oh, you know, they'll probably still be off the court by 11 p.m. Well, they each set was taking over an hour and they were in the fourth set and they were four hours in and it was nearing the curfew time and everyone, the announcers kept thinking like, oh, what are they going to do? This is going to be really interesting because this crowd was very rowdy and there was like right. 5,000 people inside and it was very rowdy. It was an incredible match. I think the third set of that match was maybe some of the best tennis I've seen in years and they the Some official comes on and gives an announcement, and it's essentially uh, the curfew is being uh, stretched for tonight for this. You don't have to leave. And so they let all the fans stay, which was just funny because it was like, wow, we're really just playing Calvin Ball here at the rules. I guess
0: <laughs> curfews aren't that important, apparently. COVID you, doesn't uh, – COVID, yeah, you know. It is tennis. big tennis. Big tennis fan, COVID. Kobe was sitting sitting a safe distance
1: away watching the match as well And um, yeah. so anyways the fans all got to stay and they like went crazy they were super young and so at least it was cool that they had fans there for the end of what was a pretty incredible match and a bit of a bummer because it could have been uh, history making if Nadal won yesterday obviously he'd be in the finals on Sunday which he would probably win since that's usually his style and that would have made his 21st Grand Slam title which would have put him past Federer who's mm. him and Federer tied at 20 So and Djokovic is at eighteen. So if Djokovic wins tomorrow, he'll be at nineteen. Wow! And uh, that it's just insane to think those three guys have been dominating for twenty years, and all three of them are one Grand Slam apart, pretty
0: much. Yeah. Um. It's pretty. I didn't realize Djokovic was so close to Federer and Nadal. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's he's right up there with them. So I mean. We'll see. He plays sissy pass the the Greek uh, in the finals. It'll uh, really be interesting to see who to who wins. But that, I spent some time yesterday. I'm like, well, I'm my own boss, and I've been working like seven days a week. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit around and try and watch some of this tennis final. So I would go out and do something for a little bit, like an hour. I'd go harvest something. I'd come inside and sit down, cool off, watch tennis. Um, so it was a nice it was a nice way to finish what nice. was a very long week. So it's what been about you? Cool seeing fans like in the uh, hockey games. Oh yeah. It's been
0: with the playoffs. It's crazy how loud, how loud a few, a few number of people can really be. You know. Well, the, the, I'm talking about really like crazy. in Las Vegas. Aren't they at full capacity And the Islanders? And are they, like full capacity. Well, Islanders for a while were pushing about 50 to 75 percent. And uh, there was a point where they
1: only had nine thousand fans, but you listened to their game and yeah, it sounded loud. like the place was packed. So uh, it has it has been cool. I think people have a lot more energy <laughs> at yeah. these games. Who uh, who do you got winning the Stanley Cup? <sighs> I'm thinking the finals is going to be Vegas versus Lightning and I hate to say it but I think the Lightning
0: will probably win. Yeah, I've got guess. the same prediction. Colorado was my pick to win it all so yeah. surprised that Vegas knocked them off the way they did. Um, I'm a big yeah. Islanders fan though. I'm pulling for the Islanders. It'll be wild if Montreal ends up winning it.
1: Yeah, there's I mean if they can somehow ride this momentum and this uh, crazy. It'll be, it'll be remarkable. It would be a, a memorable, memorable uh, playoff They're
0: series. They're the worst team to watch play hockey.
1: It's bad. Could you imagine a final with them and, and the Islanders will be, um, will <laughs> so be like pulling teeth? Yeah.
0: Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, I suppose we should
1: talk about work. Well, I want to hear about your – because you you are – Sam, you're in the epicenter of something big. And it's not weather, <laughs> but it's bugs. It's kind of weather. It's weather adjacent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, tell us – Tell us life with cicadas. What's it like cicadas. out there?
0: Yeah, it's weird, man. They are everywhere. And it's amazing how normal it becomes just to see these huge bugs everywhere and just have them be everywhere. And, yeah. like, if you think about, like, normal times, like, cicadas are huge. Yeah, they're they, cocky. They are, like, you can just, like, I'm sitting here. And I am. I can see three or four just flying around, just like out, you know, hundreds of feet away because they're so big. They're like little birds. Like mm-hmm. I've literally seen hummingbirds that are smaller than these cicadas, uh, but they're utterly harmless. They don't bite. They don't sting. They're stupid as hell. They're just creepy <laughs> looking. They got these bright red eyes, and they just the birds have figured out that they're delicious. And I've just been watching birds all day long. Just pluck them out of the sky knock them to the ground tear their wings off and eat their heads um but yeah cicadas are everywhere and i uh i've had some run-ins with them you know have them like land on me while i'm sitting outside the other day i was driving with my windows down uh and one like hit the where like the the door jam basically like next to Mm -hmm. my head and i thought someone had thrown a rock at my car it was so loud and it bounced across my chest and landed on the passenger seat and just kind of twitched and died uh there there's something else i saw that that post where they're being picked up on the doppler radar because of how much much vibration and everything from there is it is it unbearably loud at night or i wouldn't call it unbearably um you know like we have the like non-periodic cicadas every year and so, mm-hmm. like that's that's the sound but it is definitely louder and just more pervasive than it is yeah. most years that's fun look at you living through living through a fun uh, little, little yeah. event out there it's something like that i'm ready for them <laughs> to go away now they're just it's, all over the sidewalks and flying around and is co- is the mass die-off gonna be horrifying Pot- <laughs> potentially <laughs> How
1: does that work? Do they just start know. slowly petering out, or are you gonna find a couple days there where like the ground
0: will be littered, will be littered in them? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's already a lot dead on the sidewalk, so I'm curious yeah. to see if it's like just much more, if it's like different than how it is right now, or if it just kind of mm-hmm. carries on the way it has been. It's gonna be Crunching through
1: the, crunching through the streets. Ugh. And, ugh. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> well, you're you're leaving them. You'll be you'll, you're going on vacation. You'll get out of there. Yeah, but you'll I mean, I think
0: they're. Us. I'm not. I'm staying on the East Coast, so I have a feeling they're probably still around. I don't I don't think they're as bad up in, up in Massachusetts.
1: I, I feel like maybe I'm really only hearing about it <laughs> basically in D.C. area that, yeah. you know, there's maybe 3 th- tri-state area there or something. I feel like I'm seeing it. I, we're not seeing anything down here yeah. that's, you know, uh, not, nothing that was the 17-year ones or
0: anything. Well, you're but, lucky. Um, I know. We, I, I was talking to Emily me. about it this the other day. This whole event would have a very different um, emotional tenor, if... Oh, one just landed on my window. That's fun. Uh, if these little suckers could sting or bite. Oh, man. Oh, the outdoors would be... Everyone would be getting bee suits. Bee It'd suits be bee. terrible. <laughs> but no, they were just be, big yeah, be- and gumpy and stupid. Like, I saw one the other day just flying along, flying along, and it just, like, ran into an overhang. And, like... <laughs> it didn't like it's like it came out of nowhere it just ran into this overhang like the, this roof and it gets like hit it and fell to the ground i just imagine if they if they could sting or bite or something that was painful it would first off this event would be way better now and people would be like oh sh- no or it would have man, a, it sure. would have a name or something <laughs> yeah like exactly the, the stinging name. People, people would arm
1: themselves for yeah. like oh my goodness next week they're going to start and you'd go outside with like you'd have to leave the house with a tennis racket yep. and <laughs> Just clear in the streets. Those electric zappers, man. It yep. would just be a war zone. Yep. Um, this seems a little bit more passive.
0: Yeah, it is. Although I, guess, I mean, I have God. like definitely sat out on the balcony and felt like I kind of got like driven back inside because they kept landing near me or on me, and it's like, all right, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I know you're harmless, but also you're a humongous bug, and that's gross. Yeah. I'm, I hope you told them that too. Yeah. You tell them that you're <laughs> you you are a humongous
1: <laughs> yeah. bug, and that is gross.
0: Yeah, <laughs> heard their
1: uh, oof, it's been a while since we've done this. I know. Not that I have. I don't have many um, radical farm updates. Really, I mean, we're into the 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 heat of it now. In terms of you know, there's not a lot of big projects going on. Uh, most of the farm is planted. I'm I'm sitting at I think 12 beds left to plant. Is all. What are you putting um, in those? It'll, it'll be more of the, of the same. Some more of the some more herbs more basil and things like that um more summer squash and cucumber successions um and there's some open beds that I can figure out what i'm gonna do i have a this is one of the things on the list here but i have a a kid's camp that's happening uh at the uh, on the farm but not over at the barn not so much on my part of the farm but they're gonna come over and like see the farm for two days like 30 minute sessions so i might take an entire bed and till it up and prep it and let them plant like sunflowers or something or find something that they can do as an activity that's, you know, um, not too difficult, but is also kind of satisfying and and feels like they're, you know, getting a little bit of gardening, a little bit of gardening in. So I'll, I'm going to dedicate some beds to that, um, for next week. But other than that, I mean, really the the big plantings are, are, are done. And, um, I, I was just looking at my journal trying to figure out, as we've talked about, you know, Dry periods to rain, you know, flooding to dry to rain to flooding, like all these different things. And uh, I have in my notebook that on May 26th, I was celebrating because it was raining for the first time in three weeks. (laughs) And it has officially been, what's today, the 11th? It's been been six, it's been six, 12th. It's been 17 days basically. And it has rained almost once uh, all 17 days. There's always some type of rain event on one of these days. Oh, you mean much. it has so, rained each day, not that it has yes. rained once in 17 days. Sorry, yeah, it is. it has, we, it has rained every single day for 17 days, pretty wow. much maybe with one or two per day breaks in there, but my soil doesn't dry up that fast. So um, it's been a whole new uh, <laughs> thing to deal with, which is basically now it's like, oh, okay, um, everything's growing great, which is awesome. I'm not irrigating. I don't have to worry about that, but um, – warm wet weather means that the weeds are also just going insane mm. absolute gangbusters and and as as another farmer told me today at, at the farmer's market he goes june is the time of year where if you sit real still and you get quiet you can hear them weeds growing it's <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah pretty much like i honestly feel that way um so I've been and, and here's the thing too is you know I always talk about you know efficiency being a one-person farm the, the peak way to keep your farm weeded is to um, be very efficient and do it once a week and consistent and get the weeds in the really small. get them with a hoe. you don't go down on all fours and pull the weeds out. that's you know that's when you lose time and mm-hmm. um, but you cannot hoe a bed. Um, when it's wet and kill these small weeds and make any progress. Because what happens is the hoeing process, the ideal is it's dry out so that when you cut through these roots and these stems or whatever, they wither up and die in the heat. Well, if the soil is really wet and all you're doing is just kind of like shaking them around a little bit, basically with the hoe, they reroute instantly. And so I had some beds where I tried it last week where I tried doing some hand hoeing and then it rained that night or the next morning and it doesn't look like I did a thing. So (laughs) I've had to essentially trade off all of my efficient weeding techniques to get on all fours and weed by hand. And it's fine. I've been, I've been able to still stay on top of it. I had to like full blown, you know, farm rescue some beds here that had been just absolutely taken over by weeds. You couldn't see what the crop was (laughs) um, and get in there and, and have those days, which those are never fun. And they're, slow going yep. especially when the soil is really wet and it's gross and it's mur- it's mucky and it's just like mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're spending your time well um but i'm hoping i've been i've been doing that basically for 10 days essentially and i'm hoping now that with the dry weather that's coming up i can get back to doing the way that i want to do it um
0: but using that's tools the, like the smart using tool animal exactly. that you are and not like a goat yeah i mean that's
1: <laughs> pretty much and uh other than that, I mean, we've been doing I, – I had a farmer's market this morning. Um, so How did that go? Just, you know, it was it was good. I was a little um, – well, it's the first one I've worked alone, which was not a big deal. Like I got set up fine by myself. Um, but I was a little worried that you know, really hot weather means people are just going to not come out. And, and here I'm going to be left with a bunch of produce basically and, and finding a way to get rid of it. Um, so I was a little like worried that I was bringing too much. Um, and I still had plenty of leftovers, but we did our most in sales that we've done yet in the three markets. Um, part of that was was helped by the fact that I had some of the stuff that people want this time of year, which is I have my first cucumbers and my first summer squash and zucchini, um, and, and I had some beets. So like there were some other new stuff that people actually wanted to buy um, that I think helped boost not sales collards. a little bit. Yeah, not collards. Um, I don't think I sold more than two bunches. Well, I sold four bunches of collards today, but I didn't sell more than a bunch or two of kale. Um, and I think people are just kind of, kind of over it really. <laughs> they're, they're past that now. Um, so it was good. It was a good market. I mean, the first hour and a half were, were quick and a lot, lot, a lot moving, made most of my sales, honestly, in the first hour and a half. And then that last hour and a half was, it was like, uh, as I think someone said, it felt like we were in farmer's market purgatory. We were in this weird in between space where we just, we just, the time wasn't passing. And so it was, it was a little brutal to be standing oh. in. 90 yeah. degree heat how many other vendors are at this farmer's market there's probably in all 10 to 15 um there's one other straight produce another farm that sells a lot of the same stuff we do
0: um and what then the there's difference a couple between straight produce and gay produce oh, <laughs> shut up <That's> a stupid <laughs> joke um anyway is this one the really of those farmer's so... markets where you have like like a baker like someone's there selling fresh bread or donuts or something i don't think there there is some people there selling bread
1: but there's not a a straight up bakery
0: selling which i think would
1: would do great there there is um there's a lady there that's selling like some baked goods like she's selling like uh i saw she had homemade oatmeal cream pies which i didn't get over to buy one but that sounds so good (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot of like a lot of stands where people sell mixed you know items in, in the sense that there's some baked goods there's some potted plants this and that so we're one of the two like just vegetable vendors which definitely helps um and, you know, there's a lot of – there's some artisans. There's a ceramics guy that's selling, like, pottery that he makes. Um, there's live music, you know, just because it's Pottery, like um,
0: like dishes and, like, mugs and stuff or,
1: like, art? Yeah, um, a little bit of both. He does – he had, like, mugs and pitchers and, um, cool. and 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 bowls and things like that. Um, so I, I actually – I bought a little, a little thing from him today. And then the people next to me who were selling uh, a lot of indoor, like, house plants, you know, that they grow in their greenhouse mm-hmm, and propagate cool. – but they also she also makes really good pies. So I think I I think I had the one I have in my fridge is a brown butter and pear pie. Ooh. I don't know. I'm gonna well, rip it. Pears are useless later fruit, but brown butter probably makes anything good. That's kind of my thought was was it, there was an apple bacon one, but I thought that sounded too decadent. Apple bacon. What? There's a lot going on. <laughs> but um, it was good, you know, it was good and, and for I feel like we've been pretty transparent on this show, so people are always like, you know, what does that actually mean when you say you have a good market? Mm-hmm. You know, we had I think our first market of the year was like two hundred and fifteen dollars. Um, this is a three-hour market. We're from nine to twelve, um, so two hundred and fifteen the first week or so. The second week was right at two hundred dollars, and I think today I'm gonna pull it up right now, but uh, was three hundred and fifteen. So cool. you know we're move, moving up, and it feels it feels like know, there was you, plenty of room for growth. Is it cash
0: only? Or are you guys using like Square or like what do you Square? Okay, so On we your track phone? everything yep we track everything through square regardless so even if
1: you pay with cash we still put it in through square then okay. you can check it out as cash but you know people do use card quite a bit um so that's kind of our metric for yeah um tracking all of those actual sales i mean for the year or so i think we're sitting at like just under uh, with invoices and everything from restaurants and other things we're right around five grand so far this year that's cool. um which isn't like you know it's not. If this was my only if this was my farm, it was my my sole income. Like I wouldn't, you know, feel like I was killing it yet. But for what it's been and what I've been figuring out and trying to learn and, and get things, and I mean, a lot of it too is is we have the produce, um, we just don't have the the markets lined up perfectly to to move right. it all, and that's just because there's a lot of disparity between the previous farmer and me. And, you know, it's hard to know exactly how much I was going to be growing and, and you know, were the, the pre-existing outlets that we had enough or were they not enough? So
0: I think next year will be a year. Is there Real stuff year. you can do now to be like fixing this for next year, like lining up relationships or figuring out where stuff can go?
1: Yeah. So I've been talking I and mean, we sell to one restaurant right now and I'm, I'm trying to have more conversations with them to find out like what all would they be willing to buy from – a local farm you know and what price are they looking for and what mm-hmm. can i grow for them to know that you know instead of doing 50 dollars in sales for them a week which feels a little paltry and and almost you know not worth the effort to drive and deliver to them what can we do to get it up to a consistent 100 and 200 dollar delivery what could you swap and, out with collard greens that they would actually want yeah and 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 part of it is you know if you can find the right restaurant they'll be willing to adjust their menu to to use something that's like that that you you can you can tell them like hey from you know from April to June, I'm going to have, I can have perfect collard greens for you. Like it'd be great if you could have a, well, you could do some of these restaurants do change their menu. Like you could have a mm-hmm. spring menu that really features that, you know, I could get that to you consistently or any bunched green really. So a little bit of that is happening. Um, mentally I'm trying to, to get a vibe for how much I'm pulling out from each bed of certain crops to know if, if we do a CSA next year, what's the number I can, uh, mm-hmm. of people that I could supply. Should I, could I do a 25 person CSA um, does that seem possible is that working with what a 50 foot bed produces of said crop um, and then the other thing that I'm really I think I'm actually going to try and spend a lot of time I'd like to do it sooner than later but it probably will honestly be a fall winter job is to um, set up the, the a shop through our website um, where it would be easy for me to sit at home and I. it's tough right now we text a lot of people what we have available and different things like that and Part of farming is sometimes things happen. Like right now I have arugula that is not perfect. There's holes in it. Flea beetles found a way under the cover. Um, so it doesn't look as beautiful. It's harder for me to sell probably at the $5 a half pound mark. Mm-hmm. But if I had a way on the farm store online to sell it as what I would call like pesto grade arugula, which is it tastes totally fine if you're going to make pesto with it or something, mm-hmm. it wouldn't matter at all. You know, $3 a half pound, $6 a pound. And, you know, be able to post it for one week on the website while Ugly happened, arugula. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's harder to bring that stuff arugula.
0: to market. Ugly arugula. Ugly I'm going to spitball yeah, names here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, we'll keep going. This is fine. We'll, we'll wait for this. <laughs> Sam works his way through this. This fun pun he was working on. Um, so I really want to get a, a, a good farm store updated where people could put in orders, you know, um, with a deadline of, like, uh, you know, sunday night for our monday delivery into nashville and mm-hmm. for a friday you know thursday night for a saturday pickup at market um that way it would just give me a lot more control of being able to say you know we have 10 bunches of beats available we have x number of pounds available and as people are buying online it can you know it goes through its inventory then says out of stock when you're doing all this stuff through text it just feels like we're maybe not super up to date on the best ways to sell stuff yeah. and um especially with the, with amazing access to a place like Nashville, just needing to create a website where you don't have to, you don't have to know the owners or know somebody here to like get on the text chain or something. Like we used to <laughs> mm-hmm. do it, you know, we used to do an email subscription for a little while and, and we've fallen off that, but something like that is in the works. Um, I think it's already possible through whoever we do our, our website with, I don't know if we are a Squarespace or who we are on our website, but I know that there is a shop aspect that we could use. Um, that I would like to really kind of educate myself on. I think I think that would help us a lot too. Um, there was a big push of that in in quarantine um, and and through the COVID days. A lot of farms uh, adapted to that kind of thing to have an online store. Right. Um, and I think here they just they didn't have necessarily the demand or the, or, the, or the or the the supply to really do something like that. But I think we do. So hopefully next year that's something I could I could get rolling. Um, so that'll be a fun little maybe max project as I try and learn a little bit more about how to actually format all of that and make it possible but i mean all in cool. all like we're still selling a lot of our stuff where you know we're not, i'm not wasting a ton um and anything that is kind of getting wasted right now is a little bit half the time you know things that went wrong on my end whether that's a bed that got eaten by bugs or different things happened you know um i'm, I'm still fairly i'm fairly pleased with how with how the, the actual sales side of things is going so so not too bad cool beans Cool beans. What about you? We teased some stuff with you, and then we cut our episode. Well, not sure. We just had to finish our last episode, and now it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, I don't know if you're in the mood for talking about <laughs> work and, and the end of your last project and kind of where you're at now and what's coming? Because mm-hmm. for those that don't know, you had been working with this one client for how many years? Three?
0: Two and a half years. Started a, half. a little less than two and a half years. started yeah. February of 2019.
1: So, yeah, as we said, the whole length of this podcast, you've been at this one client yep. and that
0: project, projects within that client are still happening, but you are yeah. there's uh, actually not actually more work, on There's more work happening at this client than we've ever had before. Yeah. Um, but I have made the decision to end Dumb my it. involvement uh, in the project. Just, you know, needing a, a change of scenery, feeling like we had come to a... Natural stopping point on the stuff that I had been working on and just wanting to go do something else uh, for, for a little bit. So, yeah, I feel I actually did – I rolled off at the end of May. So, for the past couple of weeks, I haven't really been doing anything on client-facing stuff. I've been helping them with some of the – like, I still, I still have, like, all of the logins for – submitting invoices to their procurement system and kind of dealing with some onboarding of new employee stuff that I've had to take care of. But it's been very minimal. Um, And I'll fully transition out of uh, the project here in the next week or so. So as you
1: fully transition out of, is there a already set thing that you're transitioning into
0: or is it going to be some internal stuff or is it going to be some Sam time? so in June I have been focusing on finishing the initiative that I had been working on, which was writing mm-hmm. these four articles and I had written and published one so far. And then the other three are in various states of completion. So that's what I've been working on for the past couple of weeks and we'll continue to work on next week. Um, and then we have our retreat, uh, the following week. So ostensibly these articles need to be done or close to done. Basically, uh, two weeks from, or a week from Monday. Um, And then after that, when I finish up the retreat, I'm going to go on sabbatical uh, for four months. Four months? Yeah.
1: Hot dangs. Okay, so you you talked a little bit about this, that you were going to potentially pitch this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, What what are the actual uh, parameters and things of the sabbatical? Like, what is... Yeah, loose form that you guys that you pitched to to get people on board of you know this is what you had in mind
0: so the the benefit the agreement um is basically every five years uh you work at the ready you become eligible for a one trimester paid sabbatical and Mm -hmm. on that sabbatical there are minimal expectations that you use it for um like being productive. Um, you know, ostensibly you should be able to point to the stuff that you're doing, even if it is just kind of recharging as being in support of the ready's purpose, but really trusting, uh, the trusting the, our colleagues to use the time the best way that they can. Um, so that is, there's some other like specific details around it, but that's the basic uh, idea. And since I've been at the ready, um, for five years and like nine months um, at the start of the sabbatical. I'm going to go ahead and be the first one to, to take it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty wild, uh, and I don't quite have a great sense of how I'm going to use it yet, but I've been working on that for the past couple of weeks. Before we talk specifics about what you have in mind for your sabbatical, was mm-hmm. there
1: much pushback or comment or anything else from within other people at the ready for when you pitch this idea or would, had, had it been something that was kind of circulated once before and never mm-hmm. really taken and put into action or like what was the actual yeah. acceptance S- or conversation
0: around it? So we have a process that we use for governance called integrative decision making, which is a very structured way of where someone presents a proposal and then people ask clarifying questions to understand it. And then everybody gets a chance to do what we call uh, have a reaction, which is where they give advice about how to make the proposal better or just say whatever they want to say about it. And then I, as the proposer, have an opportunity to amend and clarify the proposal based on what I heard. And then we ask um, if there are any objections to the, the proposal after I amend and clarify and an objection is basically you're saying that you think this is unsafe for us to try. Um, and so when we went through the process. Um, there were some good reactions um, that that rea- that resulted in me making some minor changes to like the eligibility and the process. Um, the thing I didn't really talk about is that the process involves pulling together a team of um, important roles at the ready to essentially look at the application for someone's sabbatical and they determine whether or not it's safe for the organization from like a financial perspective and an operational perspective for this person to go away for four months. So mm-hmm. there were some reactions and some advice about tweaking that a little bit, and I made some minor amendments and clarifications, and then there were no objections to it. And part of it is that I had... I've been working on this piece of governance for a couple of months at this point, And I worked mm. on it in a very public way. So I had it after I had my initial first take on it, I, in a Google doc, I made it available to everybody in the company in a Slack channel. And I asked people to look at it and give me advice outside of the IDM process. Like give me advice, like what would you change? What do you, what's not clear? And a bunch gotcha. of really good stuff came in through that, that then the modifications I made based on that, um, process is what i brought to the actual idm uh, governance meeting so you did almost a little a little pre-work of kind of already
1: getting those objections and things before you had kind of even brought it the first time well because it's a
0: complex piece of governance that affects a lot of people i knew there were things that i was overlooking that i just wanted other people to be um to weigh in on and i didn't want to blindside anybody with it either um so there was definitely an element of like hey like you know, here's this idea, sit with it for a while so that when you're seeing, when we're actually doing it in our governance meeting, you're not like, you're not surprised by it and you can actually give me useful feedback and and reactions as opposed to just like having some sort of emotional reaction to it.
1: Yeah. So when you, when, back when you mentioned that, you know, that, that group of, of leaders or whatever, who is going to, um, you know, decide if it's, if it's, you know, quote unquote mm-hmm. safe for this person to go do this sabbatical. By that you are implying that like, where are they at on current projects? So like in this case for you, you just came off a project. You are kind of in this, in this liminal space between the, before you take on something else, like it makes sense. You obviously satisfy the time limit thing, but also like you aren't, um, you know, you have done the yeah. little bit of the process to hand off, um, some of the stuff at your current clients that other people will be available. So the idea being that like, can you step away from the ready, and like we can operate without you while you're gone? Is that what you kind of mean when they when they're trying to assess whether or not it's you know, quote unquote, you know, a good idea for someone to take a sabbatical?
0: Yeah. So as part of the policy, the sabbatical seeker has to fill out a very simple application that um, the main question in it is, what are you currently involved with at the ready that will have to be picked up by others, paused or otherwise handled while you're away? And what's the plan Mm -hmm. for those things? And for me, like, yeah, I'm in between, I mean, I just wrapped up a client project, so it's not like I'm trying to step away from a client project. And I don't think, you know, the way this sabbatical policy is written, it is not designed so that somebody in the middle of a client project as a part of a duo is like, okay, now I'm going to go on sabbatical. Like that team is not going (laughs) to let that person do that. It's, it's gotta be kind of like in between, um, projects. Um, and then in terms of like internal roles, the initiative that I'm working on will be done as of the end of next week. I'm somebody's onboarding buddy, but that person has stepped away from, for now. So I'm not actually abandoning her. Um, I basically just laid out the handful of things that I've been doing and how, you know, none of them are going to be particularly harmed by me stepping away. And those three people, uh, agreed and, um, they said, yeah, it's totally fine. Like from a financial perspective, we've got plenty of money in the bank. We're not going to be harmed in that way. Um, yeah. so can we're doing I well. ask,
1: so financial wise, when you talk about you're getting paid for this period, you're getting paid that, that, um, that base rate when you're not on project,
0: um, Amount? Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, no, getting paid. So it's designed to essentially the what 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 and this is actually some of the feedback that came through the IDM process, what we ended up changing it to is that what you are paid is the monthly average of what you've made over the last twelve months. So the idea okay. is that you actually make your project rate or close to nice. your, close, your project yeah. rate. So the idea is that this sabbatical is not Like, there's you you don't take any sort of financial hit for taking the the sabbatical. So it's like I'm on a project, except I'm not having to do a project.
1: Yeah, that way it doesn't like de incentivize someone to take the sabbatical because they're worried about financial insecurity or
0: anything. And it's actually mine is actually a little bit lower than my project rate because in June I'm not on a project. So that affects my 12 month kind of calculation of what I've made uh, on average. But the rest of the time I've been on a project. So just slightly lower. Um, Than what then my default rate. So, what made you settle
1: on four months? That seems like a hefty bunch of time. What? Yeah. What is? Is there some? Is there some history of other companies doing four month long sabbaticals, or is there something that you used as a as a groundwork for saying this is the amount of time that I think some yeah. people should take, or should be allowed so to take?
0: So, I did a bunch of research, um, but I didn't really use it to land on the four month thing. I, I essentially used two two i was thinking about two things when i landed on the four months one is that the ready already operates on trimesters mm-hmm. we retreats do, we do whatever. retreats every trimester we kind of think of our year in trimesters so gotcha. as a starting point for thinking about a block of time a trimester makes sense for just how we already do things and then the second thing is that i wanted it to feel kind of long so yeah. um because I think that's part of the design of the sabbatical. It's not like this is not like a four-month vacation necessarily. Yeah. This is, um, you know, time to to potentially stew on some new ideas and whatnot. But I wanted it to feel a little bit long. So the con- four months felt long to me. So the-, mm. and the fact that we already do things on trimester um, is, is good. So I think mine yeah. will end up actually being a slightly less than a trimester because I'm pretty sure I will end my sabbatical by going to our – October retreat which would make my sabbatical be like a week shorter than a full trimester but gotcha
1: so I mean the other thing too that that kind of makes sense is well one yeah you don't want people to think of it just as a vacation like four months is like you know you don't if it was a a two-week sabbatical it's pretty pretty easy to think of well it's more like a two-week vacation vacation, yeah you know and, and that gives you for a lot of time to genuinely like jump into something or push yourself to learn something or in that four month period, whatever it may be. But also I feel like because it's it's five years before you unlock said achievement mm-hmm. and possibility, like I think it should almost be something pretty hefty because that's you know, it's a substantial amount of time. Like I was gonna ask you, how many people at the Ready right now are in and around
0: or close to yeah. being at five years with the company? I mean you've so, been there since
1: the start. So obviously you've got to and Aaron. And
0: Aaron. Um, And actually, Mm -hmm. Rodney, as well, is just over the five-year mark. So those are the three people who are currently eligible. Allie, I think, becomes eligible in July. And then there's a group of like three or four people who would all become eligible late uh this year i believe or they're all they're all in their fourth year right now gotcha that's more than that's
1: actually already more
0: than i thought Um, and then we have a huge i mean we almost half the ready i think are all people who've been here for less than a year and a half or so so then there's a big tranche of people who are pretty far away from it
1: was there any pushback on that length of time to kind of where people like whoa that's real that's easy to say when you're five months or five years nine month guy you know but i'm (laughs) over here (laughs) You know, well, one year no,
0: in. Nobody gave that sort of – no, about, oh, about the five years? No. Yeah. But, but, yeah. N- yeah, nobody I – mean, because honestly, like in academia, it's actually every seven years that you get a year-long sabbatical. Um, so it's shorter than that. But then again, four months is also shorter than a year. Um, yeah. Nobody gave pushback on five years being too long. Um, and one person I think actually gave pushback that it was too short. Um and then a couple people one person actually two people had said that 4 months felt kind of long and I said yeah I agree with you I did that by design I think it should feel long um mm-hmm. but yeah there was surprisingly surprisingly little pushback um because it was I mean the story I'm telling myself is that I did a lot of research I designed a process where it's not like these sabbaticals are automatically granted the second you hit five years. Like you have to go through a yeah. pretty lightweight process, but there is a process where we have a group of people coming together to consider whether or not it's safe to to do it. And the thing is, too, like they can't just say no. They actually use that same IDM process with the sabbatical seeker to like start de- to determine whether or not their application is safe to try. And if it's not, then they have to. Work with that person to figure it out. So it could be like, hey, it's not safe right now, but how about if you delay your start date two months? Like, then we can grant it to you. Or, like, if you're willing to do, you know, to like take 75% of your default rate, or I don't know. There's lots of different levers to pull on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, this is not the policy was not Sam gets to go on sabbatical. The policy was people who have been at the ready for five years. And there are, people who want to be who are hoping or either have already been here for five years are about to be at five years or can see far enough into the future where they're at their five-year anniversary and want to be able to take this thing too so yeah
1: yeah no and, i wasn't trying to imply like oh it's yeah. easy that you made this thing for yourself sam um <laughs> but so okay before we dive into maybe what you're thinking for your sabbatical mm-hmm. um i have so you have did some research on sabbaticals and whatnot and things like that what is i mean it's easy to think of some, but like, what are, what is the goal for somebody going on sabbatical? I know there shouldn't be a concrete goal, but as the ready, when you propose a thing like this, is it, um, heavily based in, 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 mental health and giving people a chance to, to catch their breath and, and, you know, kind of recenter on the work that they're doing? Is it the idea being that they'll use these four months to maybe go learn some new skill or a new thing that will help the company maybe in the long run, but might just also make them a, a, a mm-hmm. happier employee. Like what are some of the, From whether that's from other companies that have done this before
0: and things like that, like what is, what is the goal of a sabbatical per se? This is actually where we had the most discussion as a company around what what expectations do we actually have for people being on sabbatical. There was one group of of folks who said that we should hold sabbatical uh, takers to a kind of high standard to like do something to help the ready, Um, Mm -hmm. and there was another group who were like actually. Like, let's not put extra pressure on people to be productive during this time. And let's just trust people to use the time however they want to use it to, you know. And if that means sitting on a beach and recharging, then like, that's fine. Like, let's, we're a self managed organization. Let's trust them. So yeah. I ultimately had more stringent language in there that I ended up removing during the IDM process to essentially just say, actually, let me just figure out what, where is it at? Um, it says now, yeah, I, members are, members are asked to be intentional about how they use their sabbatical is the only sentence in the agreement about like how do you use the time. Um, yeah. So so that's just like what the actual policy says. Um, you know, I think all all of the above are thi- the things that you said I think are uh, relevant and good. Um, I mean, I have I know the way my brain works is that I will probably default to being. Or feeling like I should be more productive than I than I should. Um, I need. Mm-hmm. I know for at least the first bit of it, I need to really watch that tendency because I'll end up just not recovering from burnout and, you know, just like do working really hard during it, and then I'll get to the end of it and be like, "What did I just do? Why did I do that to myself?" Yeah. Um, so there's the individual kind of mental health rejuvenation component of it. You know, for whatever reason, the way we do this work can be pretty draining. You know, it's a combination of being a, a very young startup, scrappy company. It's a, and the way, the, just that you know, transformational work with clients can be quite draining. So doing it at kind of a sprint for five years is just you know ready for a break. Um, but there's also an element of we as a company really benefit from people being innovative and bringing new ideas and new IP to the uh, intellectual property to Mm -hmm. uh, the ready. And when you're day to day in client work, I think it's tough to have the space to do that creative, innovative work. So I definitely have hope that there are things that people uh, will think about or develop during the sabbaticals that we can end up using. You know, Aaron didn't technically take a sabbatical when he wrote his book, but he did basically step away from the ready for a good chunk of time, and he came back with the book that we use as a centerpiece for a lot of our consulting work. So I'm not saying that if you take a four-month sabbatical, you're going to go write a book, but you might get the the seed of an idea that you then develop into a book or who knows what. So I think that's important. And then the last thing that we talked about that I, I think is actually really important as well is that this is a mechanism that forces the company to be more resilient. The people who have been around for a while fill a lot of implicit roles, and they help um, kind of plaster over weaknesses in our system. And if they go away for a while, other people Mm -hmm. need to step up into those positions, fill those roles, um, play those leadership roles. And I think that is um, just going to be beneficial to making our organization better. So, you know, I'm not saying that somehow that we're like that. I'm, I'm the one holding the ready together. Yeah, yeah. No, not that at all. Yeah. But like, if I'm not around to do some stuff, like there are things that other people are that I there are things that I currently do that when I'm gone for four months, other people will have to step up and do. And I think yeah. having more people able to do those things is great for us as a as a company.
1: It'll probably. I mean, yeah. It, I, imagine it will genuinely expose some things that, that people didn't even realize someone was doing. And you may yeah. not even realize you're doing it. it's like, oh, you know, yeah. I just think about the farm here. There's some things when I go on vacation that like halfway through my vacation, I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to tell this person that like, this is another thing that you sometimes need to keep your keep your eye on while you're there, you know, do this, do that. Um, there's a lot of things that I feel like um, you won't notice until absence, you know, until you are absent from it and yeah. and then it'll kind of come to the surface like oh crap that was another thing that so sure. um, and so did and yeah i imagine as a company that could be actually you know a very very good process for figuring out like you know um, yeah how to cover yourself or how to how to make yeah. you guys more resilient if someone with one person leaves to take a new job or quits or moves on
0: that you aren't left in shambles yeah um, you don't you don't want specific people to be bottlenecks in an organization yeah. you want You know, anyone who is good at their work to be able to step into various roles. Um, So, you know, I wrote that into kind of the explanation around this as well. And people were pretty on board with that uh, with that basic idea. That's kind of your guys' thing, too, when you work at these companies is removing
1: the people bottlenecks, I feel like. So um, this just kind of goes hand in hand with applying it to yourself. Um, all right. Well, let's get to the important thing. Everyone wants to know, Sam. Mm-hmm. What? And I saw in the deliberate you were kind of taking, looking for advice from other people and looking for people to mm-hmm. to give you some ideas. But what is is currently bubbling through your mind for what you want to do sure. on Sam's big sabbatical? Uh, so
0: let's see. I mean, binge binge a lot of Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably get watch out. a little Netflix, but probably not that much. Um, that what I'm thinking about right now is that for at least the first month maybe the first two months is to actually do as little as possible and like empty my brain as much as possible and see what emerges see what i miss just you know my default mode for basically my entire life has been work really hard figure out what to do to be productive do the thing like build stuff and that has served me well but it's just one mode of operating and i don't know that when i will get another chance to try on another mode of of operating um (laughs) other than this four month period where i have no explicit expectations to be productive so i'm curious what i am going to be like when i am explicitly trying to do that or not trying to do that um so that's at least i'm going to make that commitment for you know for the first bit first chunk of it there are some other things that i that i want to do i want to come and work on your farm uh if you'll have Mm -hmm. me at some point um and other than that Like I'm not going to go do like travel the world or anything like Emily is still working. She is still working on her PhD. She can't drop everything and like go move to Turks and Caicos with me. So this is not going to be a sabbatical where I'm traveling. It's going to be mostly, um, at, at home. That being said, I'm sure I'll do a little bit of traveling to like go home to Michigan. Um, like I said, come see you in Tennessee, maybe some other short trips here and there. Um, But as of right now, that's all I've kind of really committed to. I mean, there's writing that I want to do. There's potentially fleshing out some longer form writing that I've um, had bouncing around in my head for a while. But I'm, I'm going to deliberately not spend a ton of time figuring all that stuff out right now and see what still feels present and important, you know, a month or two months from now. Yeah.
1: Well, first off, yeah, you can come work here. Uh, I feel like for taking the first two months off it's probably a good idea. That'll at least put you here maybe in September.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's a better month to be here. I've been told August is uh, is hell on earth in, in <laughs> Nashville. Uh, it seems to be the hottest and just the most brutal month. Um, so come here in September. I will I'll I will put you up and put you to work. and Get on that farmer schedule. We'll do a we'll do some podcast in per- we'll do a podcast in person. Nice. Um, get your get your hands dirty. Uh, I think, I think it would be pretty fun. And,
0: uh, I'm going to work in the sit- back office. Oh. Uh, you misunderstood oh,
1: yeah. No, no. <laughs> no oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to be answering emails, taking calls. I'm answering the phones. Yeah. I, yeah, you think my phone rings a lot throughout the day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to be strictly on chicken duty. That's fine. You and Flossie. Yeah, me and Flossie going to become best friends. Um, but, yeah, I think that that would be fun. I think it would be – you know, I think you'll find there is a lot of time for some good uh, good self-reflection while you're out on the farm. Yeah. Um, but then I was, I'm wondering if – because I know what kind of things you read and also, is there a part of you that really like kind of wants to do a Craig mod thing where you walk somewhere? Yes. Like you do it – yeah, is there like a little part
0: of Sam that's like – I'm actually – that's – yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I might do like a version of that like here in D.C. – um, mm-hmm. Two projects that I have jotted down that are somewhat inspired by Craig Mod, who, for those who don't know, is this guy, is, uh, American guy who's been living in Japan for like 20 years. And he goes on these really long, like month-long walks and writes about him. Um, I, <laughs> I want to do – so here are my two projects. Using my apartment as a home base, I want to try every donut shop that I can walk to uh, in northern Virginia and D.C., and like write about them and take pictures. And that, you know, that includes like basically what I can walk to in a day. Um, okay. So if I can walk like 30 miles, then I'll walk to 30 miles to a donut shop and try it out. And I want to do the same thing with pizza. <laughs> and this is the kind of stuff the Ready wants. They want
1: you to take a sabbatical and get and gorge yourself on I'm not gorging, foods, I'm tasting it. and walking long distances, treating yourself. Sorry. Yes, yeah. you're right. You'll walk it off. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I like believe me. You're talking to somebody who that type of thing really does appeal to. Also, like, I think that's, you know, um, that's something I'd I'd be down with. And I think could be actually, I'm sure, very. Uh, now, for those walks, would that be a, a walk in silence kind of thing? Probably. You, think you would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, I mean, you talked about maybe taking some mini trips because when you were back in. The past working on your PhD, you used to take the, the mm-hmm. occasional little sabbatical to a place. If I remember, you went to Savannah, Georgia, at one point, and a couple yeah, other places. Spend like
0: a long weekend. Um, I Did one in Houston to like just get to yeah. a different place and do some writing. Yeah, I probably will do some of those. I mean, I yep. I don't live far from Shenandoah um, Valley, and there's just there's interesting places to stay, like cabins, like an hour from here. So I could see myself, you know, taking some long weekends to go hole up somewhere and. I don't know, do do whatever it is I'm going to do. You should also, maybe you should pick a cooking project. Some, yeah. some dish
1: to perfect. Perfect this thing. Yeah. Perfect, Holland, perfect hollandaise sauce. <laughs> no.
0: <I'm not, laughs> Something I've already, like that. I've already perfected a couple of things, but maybe, yeah, maybe I maybe I need a thing. Now, For
1: sure. I have one final thing, and this part of me can't help but feel like, Sam, did this a little bit stem from you feel like um, you're a little jealous that i'm the one that you feel like you're sometimes you felt like on the podcast you, it was hard for you to talk about your work and you felt like you were kind of boring people when you couldn't necessarily get into the nitty-gritty of your job is this your chance to shake up the podcast are you trying to become,
0: are you trying to become america's favorite sperlin uh-huh. i thought you're gonna go the other direction it's like i couldn't make my work interesting so i quit i quit <laughs> having work uh- <laughs> Uh yeah, I think that's Max has probably been operating in my subconscious, and this is me I trying know. to you know just throw a hail mary, try to figure out what is it that I can do to change things up here, and uh, mm-hmm. this is what I landed on.
1: No man, I get it. I think I think we're gonna find that maybe during this sabbatical, unless you try and take a sabbatical from this podcast, I can't <laughs> Not believe planning you're do to do that. Um, that there could be some uh, could be some interesting hot 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 content here for people. As Sam tells us about all
0: the donut shops he went to that <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This will either be excellent for the podcast or terrible.
1: Yeah. Not I mean, sure I, don't know how, I don't know how it could be terrible unless you get to the point where, like, you just feel like you spent so much time trying to, you know, disassociate from work and things you have nothing to talk
0: about. Like, we get on the podcast and you're like, saw a couple birds, saw some good birds this week. You uh. <laughs> we could just do an entire Episode of Check In Questions. Yeah,
1: people might like that. They I feel might. like we half the time the most interesting part of our podcast is the first ten minutes. That's very true. I'm sure if we looked at stats, the uh, the listenership might fall it fall off after the, the all the warm up stuff, and then we get into to our usual um, yep. checking in on what we're each doing in life, and people yep. are like, "Eh, I'm good." Yeah, he's farming, he's working.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: there's nothing new there. <laughs> yep. But not any more people sabbaticals coming.
0: That's right. Barry and you're going to see, I'm going to see, I'm going to see, I'm going to see you in two weekends. Yeah. So, um, big ready here. is not doing an in-person retreat, but we have gotten the okay to do like some regional meetups if we want. So I know I have a few colleagues who are meeting up in New York uh, and then I decided that I'm going to go to Tennessee to go see Will, uh, who's been my project, or my partner on this, one of my partners, uh, my longest term partner on this project. I'm going to use it as an opportunity to kind of do some retrospective stuff on this project, write some things down that we haven't had a chance to to do. And then also just, he lives in uh, Sewanee, which is a beautiful place. So it's just going to be nice to travel a little bit. And I think one of my other colleagues who worked on on this project is going to come as well from Philadelphia, so the three of us will hang out. We'll do part. Of, we'll do the um, the virtual parts of the retreat. Uh, probably each from our hotel room. Will from his house, and then we'll go meet up at Will's place in the afternoons. And I know Will and I are going to go for at least one actual bike ride. He's going to have a bike ready for me, and I'm going to bring my cycling shoes and my my cycling kit. Uh, which will be fun. Cause I've been like doing this Peloton thing for a while, but I actually have not ridden a road bike ever. So nice. Yeah. What, um, and then, oh, the, I, the, that I said all of that because at the end I'm going to drive to see you and then we're going to go see grandma and grandpa and then I'll fly out of Chattanooga on Sunday.
1: And I don't know if you know this, there's, you'll, we'll probably see Joe and Christina in Kentucky. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause when you leave, they're going to come stay with me for a week. Nice. And they're gonna work. They're gonna work remotely um, from here in beautiful Kingston Springs. Okay. And give them a heads up about the internet. They're gonna hang out. What's that?
0: You give them heads up about the internet.
1: Yeah, I did actually. I'm like, you guys can't both zoom on my internet. You have to go try. <laughs> yeah, you know, may have to use the uh, the neighbor's internet if both of you need to be on calls. But you know what? That's the that's the perks and the beauty of living out in the woods. That's you right. know, you don't get you don't get you don't get great internet. Yeah, you should. You just um, tell them. You know what? Yeah, you, it could be worse. It could be you could be out here weeding with me exactly and so yeah that'll be if if that works out and everything goes right there i'll have i'll have them here for a whole week which will be fun cool. to hang out hang out on the farm cook some dinners hang out with toby tiny dog oh tiny toby's house. coming with them oh yeah he's coming nice um, a little farm so dog a, a little farm dog i mean he's, he is a little a <laughs> little, little shepherd. shepherding dog be,
0: so i'll
1: get him in there with the chickens see what yeah. he can't do with Flossie. um oh Flossie would kill him yeah. uh, <laughs> that's a terrible idea <laughs> Um, I was gonna ask, and this might be too private, you don't have to answer this question. Did does Will from Suwanee or that area or something?
0: Or what what brought him to that location of, of Tennessee? No, he's not um, from Sewanee He went to uh College the University of the in, South. Yeah, University of the South, and his <laughs> wife is a professor at the University of the South. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I was curious. I've seen I've
1: I've seen some people that go from around here that go to school and stuff over there, but I was curious okay. what what brings one to Sawani? Yeah. Other than it's fun to say.
0: It is fun. It is fun to say. It's a really it's a cool place. It's really nice. I like yeah, going. Yeah. I'll have to make a trip there sometime. It's about it's about an hour and 50
1: minutes from from yeah. where I'm at here. But yeah. Well, sweet. Right. You know, we didn't, one thing we didn't get into, and maybe after actually you see Will in person, we can talk about this. Maybe we didn't actually talk about like how does Sam feel about now that this client is over, and, and what are you know yeah. some of the thoughts that you have about this this client now at the end. Yeah, um, we
0: should talk and about if we decide this interesting
1: that. stuff to talk about there, which there probably should be, and there, um, we'll maybe we'll do that next time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I will be between now and then i'll be doing a lot of reflection around like hey what went well what have i learned about this work what kind of impact did we have at this client um yeah i think i'll have some things to say there so re- remember that jot that down as a yep. topic of conversation for next time sweet we will do all right dude good job you did record, did record that right Just check. uh it looks like i did all right we'll all, find I out. To <laughs> all right man see you yeah later
1: We did it. We recorded a podcast.